I want us to encourage us today to think about what does it mean for Jesus to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords when we go into the voter booth? I mean, what does that mean? It's a problem, I think, when Christians will eagerly drink in large quantities of political opinions from secular journalists and ungodly professors and, uh, and politicians that don't have a biblical worldview. But when it comes to Bible teachers, they say, be silent. We don't want to hear what the Bible says. It's okay for preachers to talk about stuff like salvation and spirituality, but it's not okay for them to talk about biblical principles in the public square, even if those biblical principles are about morals. Why do you think it is that 250 years later, so many Christians lack that kind of moral clarity and conviction? You know, it's interesting, last year I um, invited the president of Americans United for Life to come to New Life, and I interviewed her on the issues of biblical issues of life, where we talked about things like abortion and euthanasia. You know we got criticized for that? There are people that were upset that I brought politics into Sunday morning. See, what happens when people segment their lives into the sacred and the secular, what they'll do is they'll make, ultimately they'll make something else supreme to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hey, don't mess you make allow the Bible to mess with my politics, the thought is, the feeling is. Well, Jesus made it clear that his followers were to be different, to bless the world. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If you're no longer distinct, if you just go along with the world, if you don't think biblically and live biblically, how are you going to be helpful to the world? It's no longer good for anything else, Jesus said, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give it its, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." Every day, we are faced with the challenge of being salt and light, opportunities to be salt and light. Love your neighbor, pray for your neighbor, do good work at work, quality work that honors God. Serve as to the Lord, not for people. Share your faith. Serve building up the church, the body of Christ, which is why you're here. In a democratic society, being salt and light in the world includes the way we vote. That means we need to think like Christians. Is it always clear? Absolutely not. It's always complicated. Um, uh, that's why I would say vote biblical principles. Don't vote for individual candidates. Don't vote for a party. Vote thinking, what does the Bible say about the issues at hand? Jesus, as I've said, is not on the ballot, but biblical principles very much are. For instance, you, I think we have the very basic responsibility to think about what is sacred. Are you voting to support the people who support 
to honor the sacredness of things that God calls sacred, or are you voting for people who will dismiss that and treat as rubbish the things that God are sacred that God says are sacred? See, this is why we the things that matter most on the ballot, sacred life made in God's image, sacred marriage. God is the one who designed it. Marriage is is taught throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New. And it matters not only because it's moral, but because it is the primary one of the primary ways that we see God's relationship to his people. Old Testament, the people were constantly playing the harlot as unfaithful to God. In the New Testament, we're told that when in Ephesians 5, where it's talking about the church, it's talking about marriage. It's like, oh, Paul says, but I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the relationship of the church to Jesus. Marriage is sacred. Satan wants to desacralize that. How in the world can you vote for somebody who's, who's promoting a satanic agenda? Another thing that is sacred, I would say, is gender. God made them male and female. We have a candidate, in, uh, a state candidate in our district who is transgender. That's really sad to me. It deserves a lot of pity. But you know, there are, I wonder how many church-going people will vote for her. But because she, that's her political, that's the political party they believe in, even though she is trashing sacred scripture, morality. Another application is, I think our vote should be shaped by a biblical view of government. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the future, but sometimes people think it's compassionate to allow the state, to encourage the state to violate biblical definitions of the purpose of the state and to, to, to do what the family is supposed to do or what the church is supposed to do. The Bible is very clear in Romans chapter 13 and first. Peter chapter two and first Timothy chapter two, the purpose that God is the one who's created order in the, in the universe, in the world. And he's given authority to the individual self-discipline to the family, to the church, to the state. Um, and each of those is to function within its sphere. And just as it is wrong for individuals to take on their, take on the responsibility to say, punish the murderer by going out and killing somebody who murdered, so it is equally wrong and immoral for the state to do with the responsibility of the family or the individual or the church. But you know, there are a lot of people who in the name of compassion will think, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote for the, because some politician will manipulate people say, hey, if you vote for me, I'll eliminate hunger. You know, I'll eliminate, I'll give free health care to everybody. Kind of like, you don't have the power to do that. I'm going to raise everybody's salaries with, you know, minimum. Oh, really? You can determine what the market says is the value of things and the value of certain work. No, that's manipulation. But politicians will get you to vote for them so they can have power to do what they can't do. Um, but it's a violation of, of, of really biblical principles of the role of governments. That's why Thomas Jefferson was right when he said they govern best who govern least. In other words, you govern best when you honor the boundaries of your governing authority. Let the Bible influence your view of government and not just your desire, your emotional desire to do good, because ultimately it's not good.
Next, don't vote for somebody just because they claim to be Christian. Many people claim to be Christian and don't hold biblical values. Many people are Christian probably, but they don't necessarily apply that in their political actions. Hitler tried to tell people that he was Christian, but any biblical Christian, Bible-believing Christian who opposed him, he would throw into a concentration camp. If Jesus is Lord of Lords, he's Lord of our politics as well. What does it mean for us? Now, this is where it does get very personal. Is all of this clear? No. But we need to, if nothing else, let me encourage you to wrestle with what it means for Jesus to be Lord of all and for you in a democratic society to be salt and light. You're the light of the world, Jesus said. Say, built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. It's not just segmented to like one part. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, may you be glorified by the way that we live, by the way that we influence, by the way we think. Lord, may you... May we not segment you to like certain sacred parts of our lives while we separate you from other parts of our lives that we just want to keep to ourselves. We all do it. We thank you that you're gracious. Um, help us to be your salt and light in this generation. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks. Hope you'll join us again next time.